Hopefully have, mine have, you ha- have you had the poor luck, Sabrina, of listening to our podcast before, or are you coming in dry? <laughs> you know, I just tried to, and I couldn't get, they said, they said content not available. So, you know, I was on Stitcher, and I tried to download it earlier today, so I don't know what was up with that, but I don't know. Oh, that might be weird. Good, As the group's tech guy, to... I will have to look into that. <laughs> David, <laughs> IT. Yeah, it was, is there, is, is there in truth no beauty? I tried to listen to that one, and um, Heather. There was a couple with Heather, and I'm trying to, I'm like, trying to listen to this. Oh, today. yeah. Maybe that's why, I don't know, usually, we should probably check that every now and then to see if we're still on certain platforms. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I assumed as we're releasing, it's going out on those platforms, so I just kind of Unless assumed. it changed because we changed. It was there. Did, oh, something get, it was there. did something get messed it, up it, when we renumbered like everything? The logo was there, and all the episodes were there, but when I tried to play it, it wouldn't play. Interesting. Hmm. David, you need to get on that as our, our, our IT person. I got my phone out. I'm doing it right now. Perfect. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's a I great don't segue. Use to download our own podcast to listen to myself. So. <laughs> we are technical geniuses here, people. Uh, which is a great segue into welcome to the Nerd Trek Podcast, everybody. <laughs> um, I'm Jeff. I'm here with Phil. Hey, everybody. And David. Hey, guys. Yui, I, I feel like I, I might need to start paying David uh, to do uh, IT for stuff. a while. I don't know. Give him a that's... percentage of our cut. There zero you go. Zero. <laughs> I'll give you 33% of whatever we make. There we go. <laughs> So nothing. You've made like what, thirty-three cents? <laughs> nothing. Um, and we do have a guest with us. Something. Maybe. Uh, we do have a guest with us tonight. So welcome, Sabrina. Thank you for coming on. Yay! Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah. No. We we are we love to have guests on, especially for the films, because I feel like you can definitely dive a little deeper uh, and just talk about like whatever random. Like, I didn't realize there's a lot of stuff in Star Trek Three. Um, oh. like there's different guest actors and stuff is going this on is, that like references the, the original series. There's some good this stuff. Is, this, this movie is the bomb. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. It is. It's a good one. I'm here to defend and, and repel all comers. That's what I'm here for tonight. <laughs> <laughs> good. I dare I like say it. I haven't, I enjoyed this one more than the other two. All right. So Rathic, it, people who think Rathacon's so awesome can suck it. <laughs> oh. Well, then, I, I, wow. I am one of those people. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, so tonight we're going to be talking about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Um, which spoiler? They're searching for Spock. Searching for... He died. Damn it! You ruined the whole movie. I know. What? I know. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? <laughs> so this had uh, original release date June first, nineteen eighty four. Uh, so two years after Rathacon. Um I was there. In the theater. Oh, so did did you see this in in the theater? Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I was about to say more importantly, three months before I was born, but I don't mean to be. <laughs> I was not there. I was not in theater. I know. <laughs> no, we, we we were there. We were there for the first yes, the premiere Paris Cinema in Boston. All of us went running down to see this. Uh, that's fantastic. That's there's awesome. always some excitement like no matter if it's the first film or the 10th film there's like if star trek comes out i'm like oh star trek like i have to go see it <laughs> so um well then like speaking of that what got you into star trek well um just to give, <laughs> give you a little hint i'm probably definitely the oldest one here for sure I got into Star Trek with the original episode. I was 10 years old when that came on. And uh, 
I'm that person. I'm that black girl that saw Ohura and just went, what the, what the? Like, mom, 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 did the black lady? Well, we didn't even say that. It was a colored lady on television. And, you know, we came running. We were like, what is this show? And um, loved it from that time on. I'm one of those people that wrote the letters, you know, to keep the show on. Yes, I wrote a letter. <laughs> Please keep yep. Star Trek on NBC. Yep. And, awesome. uh, you know, I've loved it ever since. That's fantastic. That see, and that always reminds me of that Whoopi Goldberg story. She she talks about how she saw the original episodes, and she went running, and she's like, "Look, she's not a maid." And I was like, th- "Like the kind of impact that the show had on people." Yeah, that was yeah. a big deal. People don't realize, you know, you people that were there and saw that at that time. You know, you don't. You know, now that you're looking at some of this archival stuff with everything that's going on this summer. And you're sort of realizing how bad it was. And this is like within my lifetime. So I'm talking like, we're not going, you don't have to go back to the 20s or anything. No, you just go back to 1968. It was pretty bad then. <laughs> so, yeah. so can I ask you then, what was the reaction in the African-American community then when Kurt kisses Ahura in the show? Was that like a what the heck kind of moment? Or what that, was that was? That was well, you know, the sisters weren't too down with that. We were like, what does she do? Why, why don't the they have a black man on there for us? She's got to do whatever she does out there in space. There's nobody but these white people. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you had to go with it. But it was a big deal. It was really big. And I know that everybody was just like, this show is going to get canceled. That's the end of that. Yeah. You know, bye bye Star Trek. We really thought it was going to be the end of it. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could understand. Well, yeah. yeah. They were going to some... it. Yeah, and in some ways it was. I mean, just because of you know they they put it on that that death time slot of like you know Friday at ten o'clock. Friday at ten. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then it but then it, it shows how much the fans loved it. Like you you know you said you wrote letters like come back for a third season, and then they were still there. Like okay, make make the animated show, and then let's do movies. So it's like it 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 uh, the fans really stuck it through, and oh. you know fifty something years later. Yeah, I, I'm one of those people that was at the Commodore Hotel in New York for the, you know, one of the first conventions I was there. That, oh my god! That, that, that would have been cool. I was at the Especially Commodore that. Hotel. I was. Mm-hmm. Well, I met Jimmy when... Doohan. I got I got Jimmy Doohan's autograph. I, I'll never forget it. I met I met Jimmy Doohan and Sulu. That George Takai was there. Um, I don't remember if Shatner was there, but I was I was in high school. Wow. And I was on a, a junior class trip and just happened to be in New York that weekend. We, when we did not even know this thing was going to be there. And I'm walking around in New York, you know, doing like, you know, Radio City Music Hall. I'm like, Star Trek, you know, you know, go running <laughs> in. And I couldn't believe it. Like, what the, what is so, going on? So this would have been what, mid-70s then, late 70s? This was 72, 72, 73, something like that. Okay. Wow. So still well before the motion picture came out then. Oh, hell yeah. 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 Kind of during that. Yeah. During that dry spell between the the show and the first movie. There was nothing. Yeah. There was nothing. And it's interesting because, I mean, I don't, I mean, conventions were around, but they're just, I mean, they weren't what they are now. So the fact that they even had a convention for a, you know, a show that was on for three years. That's that's well, they, awesome. That's probably why they had to have it at a huge hotel in New York City, because where else are, yeah, you can't you can't go to to Davenport, Iowa, and have a Star Trek convention in the seventies. Yeah. Well, yeah. you can. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I guess you could. I don't know who's going to show up? Why out of all the places you chose, you went with Davenport, Iowa? Because it's like right smack dab in the middle of the country. Oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so what? So after, um, have you watched everything? Are you a, a completist? Uh, you know, I have watched everything except the animated series. I, I'm uh, not a big fan, and I wasn't really looking forward to Lower Decks. I'm like, oh, really? For real? <laughs> all right. But, you know, I know these children today. Y'all like The Simpsons and all the stuff. I mean, these adult comedies, I mean, cartoons. I'm like, okay, fine. I'll watch it. And I, I loved it. I, I did actually love the um, the animated Lower Decks. I mean, so I'm into it. I'm into yeah. it. We're, we're big fans I, I'll have to go back and watch the animated series now because I feel like I have not completed I, I have seen every single thing else yeah i mean and it's only 22 episodes and they're like 20 minutes each so you I mean you can burn yeah. through them and they're i can, I can knock that off on a yeah weekend. they were yeah. not hard to get through <laughs> they're they're interesting um they I'll, are I'll, well, they're canon. I'll say they're that canon, so i'm missing stuff you know right yeah yeah i i mean yeah. i think that they're yeah. canon does it reference yeah that stuff? Uh, oh yeah warp no. 35 is totally canon yeah well. it's totally 100 percent canon <laughs> <laughs> such crap <laughs> but it's definitely worth a watch just to kind of see what they did and how different it was. And just, I mean, add a little bit, you know, add some spice to your Star Trek life. <laughs> hey, there you go. Live on the wild side. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so since you've seen most of it, um, who, like, what are some of your favorites? Do you have a favorite series? Oh man, my, uh, it's hard. It is really, really hard because um, <laughs> I'm like, ah, I can't stand this one. And I'm not even saying that I don't like the animated series. I'm just saying I have not experienced it yet. It wasn't, you know, it came on Saturday morning and I was working and that came on. So I missed it. Um, Discovery is my, I love. Like the disco. All right. Interesting. Oh my God. They are so freaking crazy. They're just out of their mind. They're just flying around on the, you know, on the, on the, on the mushrooms. Like this is like some crazy stuff. (laughs) I love the design of that ship. This, the ship is beautiful. I actually bought the Hallmark, you know, Christmas ornament. Mm-hmm. I, I have it. <laughs> so I just it's think cool it ship. looks so sharp. It's it a sharp-looking ship. But my heart always will be with, you know, TOS. It's just like that's my boy, Captain Kirk. Just like, just like you know, they said in the movie Boomerang, like Eddie Murphy said, he's the baddest white man in the universe. That's my boy, Captain Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody better say anything about William Shatner anywhere near me. I was in love with him. I was totally freaking in love with Bill Shatner. I was like, I still love that old geezer. (laughs) (laughs) That is fantastic. So then is is Kirk your captain or do you have some other favorites? Kirk is my captain. He is my captain and the Enterprise is my ship. No bloody A, B, C, or D. (laughs) Awesome. I like that. I like uh, the old school. That's, I mean, it, I mean, that's, that's where it all came from. So. I, lo- I love all the other stuff too. Cause I'm really into this. I'm really into enterprise. I love that one. I know all of that. You know, you can't, you know, you can't not like any of them. I love them all. I mean, if any one of them yeah. is on, I'm watching, you know, I, it doesn't matter, but my heart definitely would TOS. Just, they're all, they're all like your kids. One of them may be like the redheaded stepchild that you don't care that much for, but you still got to <laughs> love them. And yeah, I don't think there's one that I don't care that much for. I mean, I, I'm totally into the, into Voyager now. I did, I, I was moving around a lot when Voyager came on. I was, I was crisscrossing across the country. My, my husband was being transferred back and forth. He's worked for Comcast and we, we were getting buffeted around, you know, from Denver mm-hmm. to, you know, to Boston and back. And I missed a lot of it. 
And, um, you know, and we couldn't even tape it because our TV was in the, in the moving truck, you know, this kind of stuff. Like, we could, I can't even tape it. So, so yeah. I, that one I missed a bit and didn't see. And you, you kind of get distracted and you can't follow and you don't know what's going on. But um, so I had to come back to that one really in the last four or five years to catch up and really get back into um, the Voyager. But uh, all the movies I saw in the theater, every single one of them, you know, first day, I'm, I was that person. All the movies. Um, and this one, this one is, um, I think, is totally underrated. I agree. Because um, I know the, the odd films kind of get a bad rap. They're like, oh, you know, the odd ones are crap. I, this is probably the better one of the odd ones for me. And But this is, this is it's, it's a pretty good film. I actually really enjoy it. Well, I yeah, think and, and Kirk is a badass. I, he gets to go on a planet and have another battle. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally went into this one. Oh. Now you have not seen it. You you had never seen it before. Is that right? Uh, it's I'd seen this one a long time ago. I've seen okay. one through four, but or I thought I had seen one. I don't think I actually had, but I had seen them all back when I was in high school, which was sixteen to twenty yeah. years ago, sixteen years ago. Um, and so yeah, this was kind of new. And so when they kept talking about how the odd ones are all terrible, and I've kind of heard. Trekkie's joke about Search for Spock being so bad, I went into this with my my cheeks kind of puckered, like ready to for this to be terrible. And then like halfway through, I'm like, I think this is my favorite so far. <laughs> like this is yeah, really good. Real. I can tell I can tell they stepped up some of the alien costumes, some of the animations. I do see a little bit of Star Wars uh, impression in there. You can tell that since the Star Wars ones out, they borrowed. Well, they borrowed a few things from it. The little Klingon wings move like X-wing wings, so they move up and down. And they were like, "Okay, we're gonna take some of what's working there, and we'll throw it in here to make this a little, a little bit, a bit better." Um, but I, I didn't realize Christopher Lloyd ever played a Klingon. I was were, like, I was going to ask you if you were counting like, down the moments till Christopher Lloyd asked for 1.21 gigawatts. Oh, I was like, Doc's got shit on his face. I had no idea. There's a lot of people in this film. If you don't like uh, John, John Larroquette in this. John Larroquette is in it? Yeah. John Larroquette one... is, is the, uh, the one that was so stupid. He was like, let me hear it. Like, three, two, one. That was John. <laughs> it wasn't getting it. What? He's yeah. unrecognizable in his costume, you know, from oh, Night yeah. Court, Don Larroquette. Yeah, this is like, or I think before that, right? Or when was Night Court? Oh, yeah. 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 He's, he's like, yeah, I, I didn't even know he was in that until I was uh, doing the research for this, for this podcast. I was like, John Larroquette was in this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they, and they um, lost names, too, with Kirstie Alley not coming back as Lieutenant Savick because she was doing Cheers by this time and yes. couldn't do the movie. So that they've had some pretty good names. I couldn't remember. I yeah. was like, I know the yeah. name Savick, but I was like, I swear this woman was not the same one in the last one, and I didn't yeah. take the yeah. time to look at the other yeah. first year. No, no. Now they change contract negotiations. Um, but like you know, Rand comes back for uh, for a little bit. She's in like as as the uh, the battle worn Enterprise oh. comes back in. Rand is there looking at the ship. Like, what the <laughs> yeah? Um, Let me tell you, that rips my heart out every time that I mean, you know the, it, that poor ship comes in the. Kirk says, you know, battle damage has been repaired, and the ship comes back in after oh. fighting through the wrath of friggin' Khan. And here comes Enterprise limping and scorched, burnt, like just I'm just like, oh my mm-hmm. poor bur- my poor bears. <laughs> I know. It's, I'm it's crying when the ship comes in. I'm crying. I'm like, look at my ship, my yeah. ship. What did they do to her? <laughs> oh man, she's a tough baby. And she and she came in proud too. She was like, Yeah, baby, I frick 
up con, okay? And I'm back. So somebody <laughs> yeah. like refit me and let's go. Well, yeah, and, that, and so then people when they, have just, then when they decide that they're going to retire, that was the word. It's like what? <laughs> can't retire the Enterprise. Well, see, yeah. that's what that, that's what's weird too, because most of the of the motion picture, they do this like year and a half refit on her. She goes on two missions, and then they go, ah, we're going to deep to the, deep to the scrap heap. Just yep. kidding. Yep. Yeah, she's twenty years old. She's done. Like, yeah, <laughs> I felt bad for the girl. I know. Admiral Morrow, I'm like, oh, wow. But, you know, and, and it was funny because at that point, you know, that was the only ship that all of us had ever known. You know, there was there was no other ship, really. There were these ships that came into a couple of episodes and left. But, you know, people now are like, oh, I love the Defiant. Oh, I love the Enterprise. This one, oh, I love the Voyager. No, there was, there was only the Enterprise, okay? <laughs> so when they were talking about decommissioning it, we were all in the movie theater going, oh, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hell no. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but we were like, okay, here we know what's happening here. Okay. We were yeah. already, oh, he's going to steal that thing because that can't be right. I don't know what he's talking about, but it was, it was hard. <laughs> it was just gasping in the movie theater. Yeah. This is actually like a surprisingly emotional movie. I mean, you know, because you're still kind of reeling from Spock. And so this is actually, it, it takes place pretty much right after Khan. They give you this great, you know, recap to kind of get people back up to speed. Um, but it's like, I mean, this is what, maybe a couple weeks after Khan, because like some of the crew's gone. They've gotten rid of like some of the ensigns. Yeah, they've they transferred the off all the trainees and stuff. Yeah. 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 And they're kind of like staggering home. It's like, it's like this like oh, walk yeah. of shame. Yeah. Yeah. The ship is empty. He feels like the ship is, you know, he's like, he said, it seems like I've left the noblest part of myself back there on that newborn planet. I mean, he, this is a dark movie. I mean, it, yeah. it, it yeah. even starts like, you know, I'm a big film buff. And that, that the way it starts with that really small ratio, that small aspect of the of the key scene from yeah. Wrath of Khan. The really tiny, starts, yeah. You know, Spock is dying. I'm like, oh, we're not going to go through this Here again. We go again. Are we? Right. He's, he's reeling us in again. Yep. yep real, and, and just the, it gets bigger and bigger, and then it goes to blue tint, and then it comes to full screen, full color, and action. And it's like, oh, you're gonna rip my heart out again. I can't believe this. <laughs> well, and, uh, and so this was directed by Leonard Nimoy, uh, his first uh, feature. And I, I think he did a pretty damn good job. Well, yeah, it's, it's a great gig, because he got to star in it, and he only had to have three lines at the end. So well, I was yeah, going to say, I minutes. was wondering if he was involved with this at all, other than the end, because I thought it was going to be something like, oh, he was shooting some other movie, so he just came in for a few lines on the end, and they're like, well, how do we have Spock in it without having Spock in it? We'll have little Spock, and we'll, like, we'll just have him Spock. be young. And he's little Spock. Mini Spock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't think people realize that Nimoy directed, so he, he directed this, he did Voyage Home, he he. Directed Three Men and a Baby, which is a great film as well. Um, I don't think people, re- yeah, I don't think people realize that he he. I mean, he didn't do a lot, but he did some decent stuff. Oh yeah, he's a good director. Yeah, well, and um, even Bill Shatner, for as much crap as we give him for his acting, he really conveyed that sense of loss. I thought, like he's coming back home in his broke down ship. He's missing his best friend. It's like his whole world is just kind of bleh right there on Genesis. Yeah. And now he's got to come back home and try and figure shit out. It's like, well, he did, he did a surprisingly good job with, especially the loss, the loss of his friend. Yeah. yeah. I think this between two and then this one, and then even going into four, because I mean, two, so two, three and four kind of make like a, an internal yeah. trilogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Story arc. arc. That's an arc. 
story there for sure. Yeah. And I think oh, it yeah, does, I didn't know it does. Wasn't a four. I can yeah, tell that like four... two and three were definitely designed to be back to back. But yeah, four is right after that. It's or it's a couple months after. Yeah, four is. Yeah, they got to get they got they're coming home in the bird of prey. Yeah, but yeah, Shatner <laughs> does. Spot that. Yeah. Yeah, Shatner does. I mean, he's good in this one. I mean, especially as the dealing with Spock's loss and his team, but then also the loss he feels later on, which you know shakes him even more. So like he's he's not having a good few weeks. Uh, oh, this is Kirk. This is a dark movie. This is this is bad. He, he, he loses the ship. He loses his son. He loses Spock. It's like you know. And, yeah. and my favorite line is when he says, um, "They finally get the ship and they're on the bridge." And Kirk says to the the crew um you've done a good day's work i'm gonna put you all up for promotion in whatever fleet we end up in you know yeah i just love it when he says that whatever fleet we're in <laughs> and there's some good humor in this like and that's what i've always enjoyed is that you definitely feel that this has been a crew like they've been a crew for years. They have that com- camaraderie. They know each other and they can joke about stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. Nimoy. Yeah. Oh yeah. That That's, kinda... He said in an interview that what he learned from being in mission impossible, because he was being, he was in, pa- he was Paris in mission impossible. Mm-hmm. And he said what he liked about being in that show was that every single one of the actors in that cast had a part that was key to whatever mission was going to happen. And he said he wanted to bring that same feeling to this movie with every single one of them to do something to get that get the Enterprise out of that station and get it back so they could go get Spock. And he said he wanted that feeling of a mission and everyone with the part. And I thought, you know, Nimoy hit it on the head. And I think after he made this movie, that feeling, you know, comes through a lot, that the, the crew. As opposed to let's blow up the ship, let's blow up the planet, you know, even though, you know, um, other people that direct movies that are not of the body, as I like to say, they're not of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. they, they, um, they, they, they don't get it, I don't think, as much as Nimoy got it. And he gave everybody, uh, they gave everybody their five minutes, I thought. And I, I love that about this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole scene with the Hura with the young lieutenant and they're doing the night shift kind of thing. And she's like, Oh, don't worry, I got him. It's all good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She like shoves him, literally shoves him into a closet. That was hilarious. (laughs) And that's totally like I can feel Nichelle Nichols doing that. I'm like, yeah, that that seems about right. Yep. Absolutely. The look she gave him too. She was he was like, Here you are at the end of your career. She's like, What are you talking about? I'm very right off you. Yeah. He was talking to a commander too, yeah. which was really, I mean, she was yeah. not a lieutenant anymore. She was a commander. I was like, well, where, where, where does he get off telling yeah. me this? Yeah. I know. I think that's weird too, is that you don't realize, especially between or from the series till one or especially from, then from one to two, like they've all ranked up. I mean, Spock's a yeah. captain, mm-hmm. their commander, yep. then, you know, Scotty eventually becomes a captain. So yeah, they all rank up. Mm-hmm. They all leveled up. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so the basic premise of the film, obviously, is the the, the search for Spock. Um, of course, at at the they they kind of threw in towards the end of Rathacon. They're like, let's throw in a tidbit, just in case we can bring Spock back. But they, you know, you realize that he gave McCoy his Katra, his 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 uh, uh, soul, the essence, yes. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, 
and obviously, so the the mission is to go back to, to Genesis, find his body, and hopefully reunite the the two. So that's that's essentially the plot of the entire film. And then, you know, there's all the wacky stuff in between. We got Klingons and breaking orders, and Genesis is breaking up, and there's some Ponfar thrown in there. So you get some good fun stuff. <laughs> there is. You got some Ponfar in there. Smoking all the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um. I don't even think it was. You know, I don't even think it was. Um, to, to get to Katra and put it back in Spock. They didn't even know that at that point. At that point, Sarek just was like, I just need you to get to Katra and bring it back to Vulcan because I need his eternal soul. You know, it needs to be back on Vulcan. He had no idea that, you know, they would, they would find Spock on the planet. So Kirk was going to do this just to bring back the Katra. He wasn't even aware that Spock was around. So it makes it oh, even yeah. crazier that he was just going to do this so that his friend would rest where he was supposed to rest. That was the only reason he was going there. And Sarek yeah. was pissed. He was oh, like, yeah. oh, what? I was like, yeah, well, but, as pissed uh, as Vulcan can be. He's like, well, Kirk, he, you're the natural choice that would have had his Katra, blah, blah. And he's like, no, we were separated. I don't know nothing about that. And Sarek's like, seriously, really? You don't know anything? Come on. <laughs> and meanwhile, they're like, it's super slow-mo on the videotape. Thank goodness for CCTV down in engineering, right? Where they, yeah. where they saw where they saw like that last minute quickie uh, mind meld between Spock oh, and uh, making, and McCoy. Making him go, he made him relive it again. He, yeah. Sarek makes Kirk relive the death again, and in, sl- like, in slow motion and time uh-huh. replay and go to time and, 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 and in a mind meld. Kirk has to watch yeah. it on the film again. It's like Kirk has to go through it two more times. You know, okay. Mind meld me, and now I'm gonna have to watch it on video. Does anybody else want to show me this death again? <laughs> yeah. And what I got pissed off about it is Sarah comes bombing in there, and he's like, "Okay, you know, why did you leave my son over there? You should have known to bring him back. And I know you got it somewhere. Open up your head. I want to see where it is. Oh my God! I was like, "Who is this man?" <laughs> and then he doesn't even like give him a ship. I'm like, well, "You're an ambassador. Like, get him a ship or something. Why don't you? If you want him to go right? get it." Yeah. He could have like, given him like a Vulcan ship. Get off a couple of Isics. Get off some Isics and, uh, you know, buy a ship or something. <laughs> I do love, too, how every time Spock did a mind meld any other time in the series, it takes forever. He has to, like, put it on there, and they're always looking at each other for, like, 30 seconds just to pull, like, one memory. But apparently he could download his entire soul into the guy and, like, bloop, 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 choop. Remember, done. <laughs> done. Vulcan science. He had that fiber upgrade done to us. Whereas we always well, say, did, because Trek. Because Trek. <laughs> Trek. Well, you know, what, is, what did that... Dumbledore's completely jealous. He's like, you know, pulling out strands from people's ears. You know, Dumbledore's like, wow, we got to get into this melding stuff. What did the ambassador say? He goes, I've never understood Vulcan mysticism. So that, that probably just kind of explains everything. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he's just... Because that's the magic of the because Trek. <laughs> yeah. Because Trek. Um, mysticism. Uh, there was one guy I wanted to point out. So when at kind of towards the beginning, there's one of the ensigns or someone who stops Kirk and he says, "Hey, are they gonna have a ceremony for us?" And Kirk's like, "Oh, for heroes." Um, so that actor, um, oh, that, uh, that Phil kid, <laughs> Phil Morris. So he was actually one of the 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 kids who was in the episode of Miri. Really? Oh, yeah, which crap. is a terrible I knew, episode. I knew he looked familiar. <laughs> so no, David and might know he's him. Also, yeah. Oh yeah, and he's been in other Star Trek. Um, but David might know well, him. Why he, was he on? 
What's that? No, no, no. Why was he on the? He, he was on the. He was on the studio lot. That's why he got that part. And he was on that studio lot because his dad is Greg Morris from Mission Impossible. From Mission Impossible with Nimoy. With Nimoy. Yep. Yeah. So he. Mm-hmm. Right he, place, he right time. Be, yep. Exactly. Like, hey, bring the kid again. Come on, bring the kid over. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then David Morris. might recognize Phil Morris because he is. Uh, Victor Stone's father on Do- Doom Patrol. He's Cyborg's father, uh, which is a great show too. Oh it, yeah, that's a great show. Do- we Doom we Patrol. highly endorse that one. Doom Patrol support our yeah. podcast. And then he's <laughs> also, if anyone else uh, watches uh, Seinfeld, he was like Kramer's uh, like crazy lawyer friend on Seinfeld. Yeah, he's so the guy had some roles then. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. So uh, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like this has got a lot of people in, it. and then you've got. Uh, Miguel, Miguel Ferrer. Ferrer. Yeah, he's plays. Uh, he's one of the ensigns on the Excelsior. I don't know if you guys know who, who Miguel Ferrer is. I'm sure Sabrina does. He's George Clooney's cousin, but okay. Yeah, and he, isn't everybody George Clooney's cousin Ferrer's. in Hollywood? Probably. <laughs> he's still Jose Ferrer's son. He's uh, what was he in? Um, it's uh, funny because he has hair. Stuff. He has hair when he's on this. On the, at the helm, and I've always known him as you know he he was clean shaven. His head was clean shaven when he's later on. Um, he's in like I, Robocop I and Hot Shots, Crossing Jordan. Robocop, yeah, Robocop. He's in that. Um, yeah, he's in a ton stuff, of stuff. But he, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was so yeah. funny because I I said, "Where's Mel? Where's Miguel Ferrer?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, the guy with the hair, Jesus!" Oh, yeah. Miguel. Okay, he's when you really okay now it's clicking. I know who you're talking about. When you said um, Crossing Jordan. Yeah, now, that clicked in for me. That was one of my I favorite shows. That, but yeah, I was like that's um, the one that kicked it for you. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> Crossing Jordan. <laughs> Crossing Jordan. Yep, he's um, that shit every week. Nice. Uh, yeah. So there's there's a lot of just kind of random people that uh, show up. Yeah. So uh, so Kirk goes through that, and then of course they finally learn that okay, we have to get back to a Genesis, but Genesis is off limits. Um, it's like apparently caused this whole turmoil throughout the galaxy. Um, so he can't get a ship. He asks the, the Admiral, he can't get a ship. Um, Scotty's off in the Excelsior trying to fix that. And so he's like, okay, well, we're going to have a plan then, you know. Um, and by fix, we mean totally sabotage. Which was great. <laughs> <laughs> when you engage, when you go to, anytime you go to engage warp drive and your ship just comes to a dead standstill. <laughs> oh, bummer. It makes noise. <laughs> it sounds like a car breaking down. I mean, I think that, yeah, I it does. Think yeah, great. It's like, it like sputters out. <laughs> Kind of. 57 Chevy just goes backfires in space. Well, let's, <laughs> I know right? Phil's a big fan of this, but like, so it has trans warp drive. Oh, Phil, what is up. your. Don't, let's not even you... go to trans warp. <laughs> so, so no, Phil, not, I was really hoping you were just going to pass right by this because it was the only part of the movie that pissed me off. So <laughs> Phil is a stickler for the warp drive. He Phil says pretty much anything over warp nine is this bullshit. So wh- what are your thoughts on trans warp drive or what does that even mean? They don't have the capability for trans warp until they meet the Borg. And that's not going to happen oh, yeah, for yeah, another yeah, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, 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 yeah. So for them just to whip trans warp out of thin air, I'm like, mm, no, no, no. Well, it sounded cool back then. <laughs> well, yeah. They used it. They used So, Transwarp is just opening a fold in the fabric of subspace to tra- travel through faster than warp speed, basically. You can cover vast distances really fast. And 
Transwarp is great. It helps Voyager get home faster. The mm-hmm. Borg travel around between the four quadrants of the universe because of it. It's awesome, but they use it as a throwaway here. They say, oh, it's got Transwarp drive, and they never touch on it or explain it or do anything in the movie. So, well, this it, is before all that. It's just a throwaway and line. They're 57 now. Chevy breaks down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't crank it enough. I got one thing, you know, you you mentioned something a minute ago, and I thought this was really interesting because Admiral Morrow, when they're all standing there on the ship and they're all lined up and he tells them they're not going to refit the Enterprise and, and, oh, by the way, I don't want you to ever say anything to anybody else about Genesis. And I, and I said to myself, this is, this poor crew, this is like the third time that the whole (laughs) crew has been told you can't talk about something and like, just forget about it. You had Talos for... We had Discovery going into the future, and we had Genesis, where the poor Enterprise crew was like, you know nothing. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, like, how many times can a crew just say, where were you last week? Um, nowhere. <laughs> Classified. So, you know, they were sworn to secrecy the third time on some huge major thing. I just thought <laughs> that was incredible. Oh, yeah, okay. Everybody's going to shut up, all 400 people. Nobody's going to slip. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's what's funny because people get so worried about canon with Discovery. They're like, oh, there's all these missions. How does this not fit into canon with Pike? And I'm like, because they just tell him not to talk about it ever again. And they do it all the time. He's under orders. That shit happens all the time. Well, you know, because everybody got so mad when they, you know, that whole ending in, in Discovery where they're like, oh, yeah, they just told him not to talk about it. I'm like. This is not the first time. Like, go yeah, back. They this did is it not, to him with Genesis. Yeah. They did it to him with Talos 4. And so, yeah, we're going to pull that one out again and uh, don't talk about it. So that's, that's it's nothing it new. I don't know why everybody gets so upset when they pull these things. It's like, here he is. And tomorrow uh, said, so don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it works. It does. Um, it okay, works. So the, they yeah, obey so orders. They do. Um, so the B plot of this is that um, Savick and David are investigating Genesis, but then we've also got uh, Captain Krug. These Klingons are coming after Genesis as well. So we've kind of got them coming after Kirk while he's trying to save his friend. So there's these are going to converge later and cause a lot of issues. Um, but it opens with them, and we get we, I, you know, because you don't really get a lot of Klingon information from the series and then from motion pictures. So this is, I mean, and this is the first introduction of the the Bird of Prey, which is my favorite Klingon ship. I love the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's and for, been one of my favorites. It's, it's the more modern design that I've now. seen. Yeah. yeah. And uh, David and Phil will be excited, but when they're first introduced, there is a death count, since we have our death count going. Um, the Klingon lady who, who bought this and gave it to him, she, so there's, uh, three, there's two on this little like scout thing. And then she dies. She said, I was like, girl, yeah. why did you say that girl? This is oh, she, she was like, like oh, oh, oh you, <laughs> you saw it. you saw it. Oh, I'm sorry. My condolences. <laughs> I think she did it on purpose though. <laughs> it that, sounded like it. Theory. It was, yeah. I think there's a total of three, right? There's two crew and then and then her. I yeah, think, that's right? what we saw on the bridge. Yeah. Okay. So well, they're dead. Okay. Um, Yay. What else do we get? Oh, so we get introduced to the uh, other Grissom, which is a medical ship. Uh, which and I love the design for the ship. I love ships. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. So I think that the, I think this is the first introduction of that class of ship as well. Uh, uh, the Oberon class. I think that's what's called. 
Yeah, I think so. Maybe. So we get that. Um, and we get, of course, you know, they're, they discover a life form down on Genesis. And they're like, well, let's go look at it. It could be anything, maybe. Um, and then they're like, oh, but it's, look, we found the torpedo tube pod that is Captain Spock's. And there's a life form there. So, like, something's up. Let's go investigate. Um, I like that they find those, like, the, the growing, those, like, microbes that have grown on the, like, creatures now. <laughs> and then even later in the film, they're even, like, larger. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job with that one. I was like, oh, because they had them grow. And I'm like, that's what would happen if you have like a life boost bomb, like we talked about in the last one. Like even the little microbes are going to grow into big, big, big things. And then eventually into that Dianoga looking thing that he strangles. That thing was full. The spiny Dianoga. And and he killed it just because he could. Like he was like, I mean, there was no reason for him to do that at all, except because he wanted to. Yep. It, it was well, not a threat to him of any way. He just like, eh. <laughs> I think I think Krug might be one of my favorite Klingons. Like he's kind of a badass Klingon. He is. And yeah. It's just, yeah. He They're, just goes all out. All Klingons are badass until they're getting their faces bashed in on the edge of a cliff and fall off into a lava pit. Well, I'm mm-hmm. still, I don't know. <laughs> or have a barrel fall on them. Or a barrel. Like hey. Hey. <laughs> um. Yeah, did, so that, that's what... did, did that cliff scene with Kirk and Klug at the end when they were fighting on the edge of that cliff, did that remind you or, or not of Frodo and you know fighting at the edge of the cliff? I said, <laughs> did Peter Jackson see this movie? Because this is looking very Modor right here. Right oh, now. see, <laughs> see now I was did. thinking I was thinking Die Hard. When, when hard. okay. Yeah, when he falls off the Nakatomi Plaza and he's just Hans uh... Gruber's just like all the way down, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was like you know, the flames and everything. I, I was watching it, and I said, yeah, "This is like the end of uh, you know Lord of the Rings over here." Copycat. It kind of is, yeah. Well, this is first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, Lord of the Rings copycatting uh, Star Trek. There's some yeah. great scenes there as well. I I liked when when McCoy's kind of going out on his own. He's trying to figure out how to get to to Genesis, and he doesn't quite know what's going on. But it's like, <laughs> I have to get to Genesis, and that that whole bar scene, which was very kind of cantina feeling to me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, there's like a bunch yeah. of aliens. There's some tribbles in there. We see tribbles. I yeah. did see <laughs> like the, like the pile of tribbles just on the table, and the people are just petting them. They're like, just hanging out. Yeah, yeah like he's really cool. not going to say anything about that. Be like, you guys should get rid of those. Like, don't need them. Don't yeah. get them after midnight, please. Um, but no, I I like that whole scene, and of course it's it is kind of very cantina scene where he's like trying to get a ship. And they're like, oh, you want to go to this off world or off limits place? It's gonna need money. Well, I've got money. It was very like Star Star Wars vibe. Yeah, cool. yeah. Even the alien talking to him was all backwards speak, kind of Yoda esque. Yeah. But I like that they did something different because I I don't think we've ever seen that that alien ever, and he doesn't even have a name. No. Yeah, that was a cool design. Yeah. Well, like, like, it was like random alien 72. That's probably. all we mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, It was definitely a little bit of that Yoda speak where he'd speak backwards. He's like, that is a uh, mm-hmm. forbidden planet. Like, <laughs> well, more time. It's kind of bad. It's kind of bad, too, where he's he's trying to be so, like, you know, off the books. And he's like, Genesis. He's like screaming it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Dude, you're the worst pirate. <laughs> And then, and then, then the, the guy comes of, over and tells yeah. Doc to be quiet. I'm like, he's not being nearly as loud as this other guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy that slides into the table, who whatever the equivalent of Section 31 is for the movie. He's like, hey, Starfleet Security here. You need to shut up. 
Oh, and that guy was in everything in the eighties. He was he was all yeah. over the eighties. Everything. So, yeah. What was his? That's his only scene. He just comes in, gets gets McCoy out of there, and he's gone. Uh, does this thing? Uh, yeah, his. I don't know his name, but he, yeah, he he looked familiar. Conroy Gideon. Oh, he was right. in a different world. He was in Knott's Landing, Dallas. Oh, you kidding me? That was a handsome brother. I know his. I know his name. <laughs> you are on top okay. of it. <laughs> I know his name. <laughs> <laughs> That's People awesome. like, who is this brother? Oh my God! Okay. He reminded me of. He reminds yeah. me of Billy Dee Williams. Is that the vibe they think they're going for? I don't know, because that's uh, with yeah, the, the fashion everything going. Yeah. I'm telling yeah. you, I see a lot of Star Wars <laughs> yeah, influence in this when they were like, let's pull a little of that exactly. and mix it with this. And it's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. I'm like, I kind of feel like from this one, I don't about all of them on, but I feel like from here on, yeah, you have a lot of them influencing each other kind of a thing. Oh yeah, which, makes, which is oh, funny why yeah. the fandoms are so at odds about it because I'm like, you guys realize that you're pretty much watching the same thing, like <laughs> there's a big incestuous thing. Admiration, admiration. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah, man. okay, yeah, we got a Star Trek Kent Lando. All right, I never even, I didn't even put that. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Well, <laughs> and, he, a, and and he really was on everything in the '80s: Dynasty, well, Fame, Airwolf, yeah. Highway to oh, Heaven, yeah. Scarecrow, too, about the not Think too about the plot crap. of this one versus the plot of A New Hope. You've got a guy who seems a little weird and a little crazy trying to commission an illegal ship to go to a planet that's going to end up blowing <laughs> up. Like, <laughs> it got, sounds yeah, about the same. A, there's a lot of parallels there from this one where it's kind of... Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why I liked this one so much. Probably because it feeds into your Star Wars vibe. Oh. I gotcha. I love it. Um, let's do this we're kind of coming up on about 40 minutes or so let's do a quick break this will be part one um because then we're going to get into the meat of it later where you know they move on we get some danger with uh the klingons and some other stuff pops up so danger um, danger danger Um, so let's do this. Uh, Sabrina, where can people find you online? I know you've, you, you do a lot. <laughs> <laughs> they can find us on uh, Facebook at Sci-Fi Sisters. Uh, that's it. The Sci-Fi, S-Y-F-Y. Sisters is S-I-S-T-A-S. Sci-Fi Sisters. Um, you can also find me, I'm known as the Cinnamon Cinephile when I do my movie things, and that's at um, www.cinnamoncinephile.com, uh, and that's where you will find my podcast, 5 by 5 a movie podcast. Awesome. Which I highly encourage you to go check it out, because I mean, I, I know no one can see it, but you've got some great posters behind you of like class, you've got like Psycho and like Sound of Music and some great posters behind you, mm-hmm. and, and and I suddenly want to go see, what's the, the poster, Crab Monsters? I, I don't know what it is, but I have to see it now. Attack <laughs> of the Crab Monsters. I have to see So go, go oh check out God. all of that. Um, and a bit of a spoiler, I believe you and uh, Tamia from uh, mm-hmm. Sci-Fi Sisters will come back. I think you're coming yes. back for six. Yes, yes, we, six? yes. We, got, we double booked you for the films, eh? We did. Yes, I'm, I'm here as a cinnamon cinephile today, just by myself. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> we both just going for six. All right. <laughs> yeah. So everyone, go check out her, her stuff. Um, and I, I, this is going to come out afterwards, but you're doing a TCM 
guest programmer as well, yes, or, a, or, or did I'm one. I'm a guest programmer. Yeah, I'm a guest programmer. Uh, it'll be on September 6th, and I'll be on with Alicia Malone. We're going to be introducing a Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton movie, because I'm a, I'm a classic film buff. I'm a sci-fi buff. You know, I, I, like, I like it all. I like anything. I, if it's a movie, I'm going to watch it. Awesome. <laughs> That's even like perfect. That. Yeah. So everyone go check those out. Um, so let's do that. Yeah, this will be the end of part one. We'll come back for part two and we'll hopefully find Spock. Let's see. Maybe. Yay. Yay. Hope so. All right. Uh, thanks everyone for listening to part one. We'll catch you on the next one. Bye everybody. See ya. Bye.